Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. All right, welcome back. Bruce Feldman, Big 12 Media Days. Texas heavy favorite. Oklahoma only third. Concerns there. A lot of pressure on Sark. Now, at Washington, USC, and Texas, the team got big, fast, and aggressive very quickly. They have been about a 500 team in his career in close games. People knock him for the details. They're not always buttoned up. Say what you want. Jim Harbaugh's 500 in one-score games, too. So as Bruce Feldman joins us, Fox Sports reporter, uh, I've always liked Sark. I think he's a great recruiter, a great quarterback developer. There's a lot of things I like. Do you, do you, when you people say there's pressure on him, what if they, what if they lose four games? Is pressure fired? I mean, what, what, what does pressure mean? Uh, I think pressure would be lose five games, seven and five, because the expectations are really high. I mean, as you said, the, the preseason conference pick to win in the last year before they jump into the deep end of the pool, quite frankly, where you're going to the SEC up next. A lot of people look at this roster. The offensive line has matured after last year. He's got a five-star quarterback, and it's you know this wasn't as an Arch Manning. This is Quinn Ewers. I spent some time with Quinn Ewers yesterday. Uh, nobody doubts his arm. He's got himself in the best shape of his life. Lost about twenty pounds. He told me. Everybody's talked about how he's matured. He looked great when he was healthy against Alabama. They probably should have won that game. They yep. didn't. Yep. Then he was really up and down after that. As you said, Sark is really good with quarterbacks. He's really good with offense. I think the biggest challenge for them, and obviously they lost B. John Robinson, who's phenomenal. Their receiving core is really good. Their tight end's really good. I think it's a consistency for them. To me, that's the biggest issue with Sark. He took Washington when they were awful and got him respectable, but they didn't get much better than that until Chris Peterson took over. 
you know, USC almost imploded right after he got there. And now we're waiting to see. He's never, for all the things you said, he's never had a 10 win season. So this is the time now to say, okay, can he do it? Can they have not just some moments? Can they sustain it? Can they not stub their toe at times? Because the Big 12 is just good enough where almost everybody's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you get on those Saturday night games, everybody spreads it out four and five wide. You fall behind, you get into a shootout, and cr- crazy stuff happens. I want to talk about, I don't know what the future of the Pac-12 is, nor of Deion Sanders. When he first got the job, I thought it was a weird fit. And then I remember the weekend it happened, I'm like, well, he'll make them interesting. People will discuss them, and a big part of recruiting is getting noticed. Uh, so he's cleaned the program out. You're kind of, I mean, <laughs> some of the stories are down to 40 players. What what should I expect first year? What are they going to look like? What do they have besides a really talented quarterback who's Dion's son? Yeah, the, if it was a seven-on-seven game, I think they'd be pretty dangerous, <laughs> right? I mean, he remember, he beat everybody in the country, including his, his alma mater, Florida State, to get Travis Hunter, the number one recruit in the entire country, to get him to go to Jackson State, and he followed him now uh, now to Boulder, as well as a bunch of other guys. Like There are good receivers that he has brought into this, some pretty good defensive backs. I think the thing to keep in mind was Colorado was awful last year. They were by far the worst uh, Power 5 program. They won one game. So they're going to be a lot better. The question is, is, is four and eight? You know, that's marked improvement. But considering the hype around the program, uh, you know, I think, and look, we're going to have him on Big Noon the first two weeks of the season. He has he has got everybody's attention. The transfer portal is the thing that has given him the flexibility to completely overhaul the roster, which needed a lot of overhaul. Uh, what I wonder about, though, is both offense and defensive lines. A lot of those bodies were not even in there because a lot of this overhaul on the roster is happening after spring football. So now all these things that go to really the continuity of, especially with an offensive line, there's just going to be, it's going to be all on the fly adjusting, right? And so I think the question is going to be, yeah, there's going to, he's going to get the, the eyes and ears of a lot of big time recruits who are like, Hey, I want to check out what Dion's doing because he is way more charismatic than any head football coach in the country. It's not even close. So they're going to visit, they're going to get on Zoom, say, hey, it's Dion. I want to see what he's about. And I think he will, you know, get more talent in there. I think the first year, if they win five games, if they can somehow get yeah. to a bowl game, that would be huge. But even if they get to four or five and don't get embarrassed in some of these games early when people are watching against TCU, against Nebraska, when that's another big TV game, I think that'll get momentum. Because after those games, then they have USC and Oregon, and it could get rough. I think if you can just sustain it and show, hey, we have a chance to be competitive and give some of the other pieces time to gel, they're gonna be they're, it's gonna be an interesting subplot in the Pac twelve, no doubt. So Harbaugh has really changed the narrative. Um, last two years he's beaten Ohio State. They'll be favored again. It's probably his best team. Um, and, and there's been some missteps. Uh, he's lost coordinators, the NFL stuff, but it's all sort of power of personality and it's worked. Now it worked at San Diego. It worked with the Niners. It worked at Stanford. It worked immediately b- at Michigan, but it really didn't connect until about two years ago because you got to beat Ohio state and they've really found a clarity in their program. They are physical 
whereas Ohio State's good, but I, there's, I, I feel there's a little fuzziness around exactly their toughness. What are they? We never talk about Ryan Day. We talk about Harbaugh. If Harbaugh won another one, three straight, I like Ryan Day. John Cooper was a great coach, but once he started stubbing his toe against Michigan, the wolves turned. Is everything good at Ohio State? Is everything good there now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, the guy's 31-2 and two in the Big Ten. It's just the two have been the last two years against the arch rival, and honestly, they haven't been close. I mean, I was at that game last year. It's in Columbus. Everybody thought Ohio State was going to get their revenge, and they got smashed. Yeah in the second half of that game, just physically manhandled. And by the way, that, that happened without Blake Corum, probably Michigan's uh, best player. And it happened with Donovan Edwards, the other running back, who's a really good player, but he was banged up in the game and they still dominated it. Jim Harbaugh, what he, he has done is much like he said he was going to do when Stanford was, was terrible and Pete Carroll was running college football. He was like, we're going to build the bullies of the pack pack 10 at the time. And they did that, and he did it fast. This, he made Michigan good, but he didn't get them really over the hump until the last two years. Yeah. And they are the most physical team in the league. They are. It's beat Ohio, period, and he embraced it. Now, to me, the biggest question on that side of it is, can they beat Georgia? Can they do that where you know, they have everybody back and all the leaders? From the, from, from the Ryan Day part of it, if they lose again, and I agree with you, this is the most talented team Jim Harbaugh's had at Michigan. It's going to be in Ann Arbor this year. You don't have C.J. Stroud now. You're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. Obviously, you have Marvin Harrison Jr., the great receiver, best maybe the best player in the country, and a bunch of other talent. But it's going to be an uphill. Like They'll probably be an underdog in that game. If Michigan beats them again for a third time, I think there's going to be an, a lot of apoplectic Ohio State fans but also remember this, they came within a missed field goal in the last second of beating Georgia in the playoff, and then they probably win the national title even in spite of getting <laughs> That's smashed. Right. So yeah. I don't know how you can run Ryan Day off, even if he loses a third game. I mean, he's not losing to anybody else. Yeah. And I mean, he's a terrific coach. It's just, you know, they if you're in Columbus, you got to figure out how do we match their physicality and and that's, that's got to be the only thing that really matters to them. So Nick Saban goes to the podium about three times a year. Regardless of the question, he has something to say, and he finds a way to pivot to it. So he's been cranky on this NIL stuff. And my takeaway is he's losing recruiting battles to Texas money, and it's ticking him off. So now all of a sudden he talks about fairness and parity, which he didn't care about for years. So when, when he's cranky about the NIL, what is your take on it? I think he's also concerned about locker room dynamics and how do we manage this? Because I talked to a lot of coaches and he is in this boat where it's like it can create a lot of significantly more imbalance than there already is. Yeah. And so you're talking about a lot of recruits coming in to programs where they're basically getting paid huge amounts of money. Yeah where they haven't done anything yet. Look, yeah. I know you follow recruiting probably way more than you should, but <laughs> yes. there are guys you know of, and it's like, wait, this guy's getting seven figures. He's done nothing. Yeah. And they come in, and now all of a sudden, how do you manage that in the locker room? Look, Nick Saban is a guy who I think thinks about a lot of that stuff, and he hears a lot of stories, and he's become a, a not just a mentor, but a, kind of the conscience of a lot of college coaches and yeah. football coaches. And I think he knows because he's heard the stories and he sees it coming, and that's one of the issues that I think 
that he is trying to sound the alarm on. And, and I think a lot, you know, a lot of his colleagues are also concerned about it because it also gets into like roster management and how did, you know, which affects the coaches because they're trying to control everything and now they can't control that. So that's it. That's something that, that bugs him. But I think he also knows players see these things and now they're going to be more inclined to jump into the portal rather than stick it out and battle through it. Yeah. Finally, um, Unfortunately, I'm I'm viewed as a bit of a USC homer. It's very hurtful. But that said, who thinks who thinks that? <laughs> who who could think that? Everybody in the world. Yeah, okay, so I think USC is really good. Um, they may not have a dominant singular receiver, but they're deep. They're deep at running back. They're they're defensively. They've gotten bigger up front. So it's a real. It's a the, the guys that transferred in this year are like all-conference-ish, NFL body-ish. Last year, they were just taking bodies. So I do believe that they're in the top five or six. I think LSU, USC, Michigan, Clemson could be good. Obviously, Bama, Georgia. When you talk to coaches, are a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, L.A. hype, or or in your world, is there a belief, because it is mine, that I think you can score your way to the playoff? You can score your way there. I don't know if you'll win it, but you can score your way there. I think USC is a viable contender for that. Your thoughts? I agree. I mean, they, they feel very much like the Baker Mayfield team that OU, OU was yeah. when Lincoln you know, got, and they lost to Georgia in a shootout in the Rose Bowl. That's right. They had, you know, like I agree with what you said. USC took transfers last year, and some of them were okay. But they did, they got better caliber of athletes and, and players now on defense this wave. Yes. And I think it's year two for the defense. They were imploding and melting down in the in the fourth quarter of games. I talked to Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator. He was with Lincoln at OU, and he knows exactly what he's getting into. I think the biggest challenges for them are upgrading their, their talent, which they think they've done, you know, getting more physical and, and their bodies bigger and stronger, which is, is a process, but I think they're getting closer to that on defense. But I also think it's the mentality of knowing we cannot just rely on, oh, Caleb's going to save us in a shootout in the fourth quarter because it didn't work against Utah both times. And honestly, it didn't work against Tulane in the bowl game. And I think that fixing that mentality is the, is the thing that I think will keep them from being – if they can show they can do that, they go from being a top 10 team to a legit playoff contender that can be to do damage. Because I tell you this, after watching Ohio State against Georgia last year, I don't think anybody wants to play Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams in the playoff. Because yeah. if that guy gets hot, and he usually is, you gotta, you got to feel like you may have to score every possession. Because I don't care how many five stars Georgia has on defense. You know, he's going to be a problem. And if he's healthy... And last year at the end of the year, right, you know, he his hamstring kind of gave in against Utah in the Pac-12 title game. But you have a puncher's chance when you are that good on offense. Now the defense just needs to, I don't want to say hold up its end. They need to be competitive. It cannot be every, you know, at the giving up 17 points in the fourth quarter, yeah. you know, in the last month of the season, every time out. Bruce Feldman, Fox Sports, Big 12 Media Day. A lot of heat this year on Sark. Can't wait to watch it. I like them. I like their athletes. We'll see. Bruce, as always, good seeing you. Good to see you, Colin. It's going to be fun. Yep. Texas is big. They got some guys up front, offense and defensive line, some Sunday bodies. So 
Can't wait for it. Tired of taking ice cold showers? Navian Tankless Water Heater provides endless showers. Save money in your energy bills. It's Navian. Go to tanklessmadesimple.com. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. All right, we'll start with that uh, breaking news on Quentin Williams' new deal. Four years, 96 mil, which will take him through the 2027 season. He's worth it. That's, I think that's a reasonable deal for a top five D lineman. He got the exact same contract, uh, uh, almost, as uh, Jeffrey Simons, the defensive yes. tackle of the Tennessee and Titans. And he's also great. Um, it's only second behind Aaron Donald's $31.7 million yeah. per year. Uh, no he, big deal there. No he, he, I mean, if you look at the five or six great defensive linemen in the league, there's a Bosa, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, um, Chris Jones. Okay, I mean, about, he's going to get paid. Quinnen Williams will probably eclipse Williams. I mean, if you're going to spend money on defense, because my theory on this league now is Kansas City spends money on offense and one great disruptive defensive lineman. That's what the if you look at what the Rams are doing right now, they'll pay Aaron Donald. The yeah, rest of the defense is young. Yeah, that Jalen Ramsey trade. Um, so, anyways, yeah, I mean, listen, there's not much to say. The Jets' defense was exceptional last year. All everybody's back now. The one thing is they had there no health problems at all last year. Everybody was playing. Uh, I think their two starting cornerbacks played every game and almost every snap. It was ridiculous how healthy they were. Obviously, that is tough to sustain year to year. But this defense should definitely be top ten, probably top five next year. Right. Williams is back. Uh, next up, we've talked about Otani a lot recently. 
as we approach that August 1 trade deadline, the yeah. Angels will have a big decision to make. Uh, according to Buster Olney, the Yankees are the team most motivated to make a deal for Otani if the Angels make him available. Now, this is interesting because apparently the Mets have more money to spend now. Um, throwing the Yankees in there is weird because Otani is rumored to want to stay on the West Coast to be close to uh, the region where he came from, uh, whether that's Giants, Seattle, um, Padres, Dodgers, of course, leaders in the clubhouse. But Yankees make it interesting. Um, I'll remind people, they haven't won a World Series in a while. I don't think they, I don't buy this at all. He's going to be a Dodger or an Angel. Well, well, okay, fine. Where's this coming from and, and why? Because the Dodgers for a year have great contacts in his agent sphere, and they moved off Cody Bellinger, one-year deal with Kershaw. They moved off. No, no, no. I'm saying, why is Buster only saying the Yankees I'm not. No, I'm not saying Buster only. Buster saying they're Yankees. the most motivated yeah. to trade for him. I'm not denying Buster only. Oh. I'm saying the Angels are reluctant to move him. They think they have a chance to get him. They did get Trout. And if he doesn't stay with the Angels, he'll be a Dodger. Yeah, it's still difficult for me to wrap my head around. I would around. be shocked. I'm very rarely shocked. If he's not a Dodger, I'd be shocked. But it's tough for me to wrap my head around the idea that Otani could just be like, oh, I'll stay in Anaheim and we'll continue to lose. But, but man, I'll put up great stats. I think that I think that's about 25%. And then I think the remaining 75 is Dodgers. I don't think there's, first of all, it's $700 million, You eliminate all but about five teams. The Mets could afford him. The Yankees, I think, could afford him. The Dodgers could afford him. Uh, Anaheim could. They'd need a home. They'd need like the home team deal a little bit. Well, I mean, home some, team discount. But I, I just don't. I don't think the market for Otani is as grand as everybody's saying. I think it's staying Angels, going Dodgers, and maybe one other team in the mix. Now, maybe it is the Yankees. But I, I, I still can't believe the Angels wouldn't move him. But I don't think they want to. Baseball's weird. All right, final story. This is still a tough one. Uh, the U.S. men lost a brutal oh, penalty kick shootout to crushing. Panama in the Gold Cup semifinals. Um, the offense just looked anemic. They didn't look super excited. It almost looked like they overlooked Panama. We're thinking about Mexico. Panama played aggressively. Had I think they had a I had one or two goals called back offsides. Panama was better last yeah, night. Yeah, U.S., I think, going into the game was like a minus 370 favorite. Yeah. They were heavy favorites. It felt very um, early. Very, first 20 minutes, I felt like Panama's locked in. We're the, not. The vibes were, were not good. Matt Turner um, had a couple of amazing saves. Yeah, by the way, Jesus Ferrer did have an incredible equalizer. Oh, wasn't that uh, nice? And then, then what's his name with the assist? Uh, kid, um, uh, Jordan Morris. I thought was it was a yeah, yeah. really clever awesome. yeah. header over to him. Uh, anyways, the U.S. loses 5-4 in penalties. Uh, listen, we had Alexi Lalas on here yesterday. A lot of excitement for Team USA. This, this was a little bit, but this was not the Christian Pulisic, no. Tyler Adams, Western Our McKinney six group. best players weren't there. That's yeah. sort of a lot. It still hurts, though. Our, be- our goalie was, but it was a lot of... Y- they're using this tournament to figure out who else they can trust. That's what they're using this tournament. They know the seven guys they can trust. They just they got to figure out the next five and four or five. So that's what this is for. Uh, J-Mac with uh, the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. So last week, J-Mac provided his NFC playoff teams. And we mostly agree you're a little higher on the Cowboys and the Falcons. I'm a little higher on the Carolina Panthers. Coming up next, the wildly competitive AFC. 
Tomorrow's headlines today next. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Well, he used to make headlines for a living. He was a newspaper guy, blogger, I think they call him. And um, and a lot of that stuff is very clicky, so he kicked it to the curb, uh, made a bloody fortune, and now he's with us, but he still creates headlines. And last week, it was NFC teams. So these are your seven NFC teams last week. This week, it's your seven AFC yes. teams. This was, this was difficult, okay. to say the least. So we're going to start with the division winners, Tomorrow's headlines today, the number one seed in the AFC. This would be a bye team, the only team that yes. would get a bye a week off. Yeah, you know, I wanted to go with the Chiefs, but I feel like there'll be a little bit of a pullback. So the headline will be all the smoke. Marlboro men light up the league. <laughs> Give me the Bengals as the number one seed in the AFC. I know they lost a lot on defense, but I do believe uh, three starters in the secondary gone. Yeah. But I do believe their defensive coordinator, Lou Amaruno, is one of the best in the league, maybe the most underrated. Big upgrade at left tackle, bringing in Orlando Brown. And uh, I got a great stat here from one of my buddies with Jamar Chase in the lineup. 
The Bengals have gone 23 straight games without losing by more than three points. You cannot blow this team out when they have Chase and Higgins and Burrow. They're just too stacked offensively. Bengals, number one seed in the AFC. Don't don't have a problem with that. Okay, all right. Tomorrow's headlines today. Number two seed, so they would have to play. They don't get a bye. Yeah. Probably, you know, they'd play at home. That's yes. the good news. Yes. Uh, well, they're not falling far. The headline will be Kelsey and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> Pats. Pat puts on boogie shoes. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey and company. They're, they're still one of the top teams in the league. I'm not ready to sell the Chiefs. I know a lot of hot take artists out there are going to try to make waves by saying, oh, Kansas City's going to miss the playoffs. Like, short of an injury, they're going to be fine. Offensively, just absolutely loaded. Reed and Mahomes, they're going to be there every year. So I have them number two winning the AFC West. Yeah, um, and, and we, we tend to, um, we've been very high, people have been very high on the Chargers for years. People or you? <laughs> no, I've, I've, I love them, but I've yeah. pushed back. Um, the Raiders are bad. We still have to figure out if Brandon Staley is the guy. What if they go 4-0 against those teams? So uh, I think what we, we keep waiting for challengers. Kansas City goes on the road in that division. They win the games. It's incredible. All right, now. Tomorrow's headlines today, the number three seed in the AFC. All right, not much controversy here. Bad division. Somebody's got to come out on top with 10 or 11 wins. The headline will be Lawrence of Aherbia. Jags go on a fantastic journey. <laughs> Your guy, Trevor Lawrence. Now, Arabia. Yeah, I butchered that movie, obviously. Now, listen, this is interesting because if last year we loved Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence, Peterson, Colin, they were three and seven at one point last year. They had to win a bunch of... Games down the stretch. One of the teams they beat was my Jets on Thursday Night Football. Remember, it was an awful game in the rain. And then the final game, they beat a backup quarterback. Remember Josh Dobbs pulled off the street? Like, they had some good fortunes. And if you look at their offensive line, they lose their right tackle. Uh, The backup is now starting Walker Little. I think he's played 20 snaps in the league. Their left tackle just got suspended for four games. So there is some questions on the offensive line. The defense, not very good last year. But I do like the Calvin Ridley addition. He will be big in that offense. I think Trevor Lawrence uh, wins the division once again. All right. And uh, round out the division winners. Yes. Tomorrow's headlines today, number four seed. There'll be a division winner. Who is it? Okay. Uh, well, AFC East not represented yet. Uh, law, I thought long and hard. We've done this team a lot. The headline will be getting diggy with it. Bills, Sean, top of the world. Give me the Bills winning the AFC East. Not by a lot. Probably will win a tiebreaker of sorts against the Jets. But listen, I can't see them falling that far, Colin. Like, the idea that, yes, Miami's better, the Jets are better, we don't think the Patriots are good. It's just tough for me to see this Buffalo Bills team, which, other than that blowout loss to the Bengals, they just don't lose. They, they led the league in point differential last year. Yeah, they don't lose a lot. They don't lose a lot. And they, you can't blow this team out because of Allen. Um, I do think there's a little regression from last year. They're not going to be as good. Um, but I do think the Super Bowl window is closed, one and done for the Bills in the playoffs. Yeah, well, that Super Bowl window is different. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, they have upgraded. They they went out and upgraded their D-line, upgraded tight end, upgraded running back. Offensive line, did that get upgraded? I'll well, just say we asked Mr. Dawkins about that during the They have commercial. a good left tackle yes, and a good right. center. Then there's some questions. It's not great. No. All right, now to the wild yes. card teams that squeeze into the playoffs. Tomorrow's headline today, the number five seed in the AFC. <laughs> Listen, folks, um, they're going to the playoffs. The headline will be 
Salakazam! Rodgers makes playoff woes disappear. <laughs> the drought is over. The Jets are going to the playoffs. First time in over a decade. The longest streak in the NFL ends. I'm sorry. Aaron Rodgers will have this team in the playoffs. Book it, Colin. It's happening. The defense, we just saw the Quinn and Williams edition today. Uh, Brees Hall will come back. Alan, Alan Lazard added to the wide receiver core. I mean, Garrett Wilson put up great numbers catching from four different quarterbacks last year. Okay? Now you got a great one. And Aaron Rodgers, I know the schedule early is tough. Just weather that storm with a three and three, uh, two and four is probably not going to cut it. Left tackle, left tackle's an issue. If it was, if you told me Mikael Becton worked, I totally agree. I just don't know if their tackles are going to work. That's a big. Now that Quinnen's settled, that's the biggest question on the team. Number two has to be Nathaniel Hackett. I don't have a lot of confidence, but he's a Rodgers guy. We'll see. But Jets get the uh, first wild card spot. Yeah, that O line worries me because it sounds like you don't have them in your playoffs. Well. Like, just because a team doesn't make the play, like, I don't have right now Chargers or Borderline. I still think they could win nine or ten games. Yeah. I think the Jets are in the, I've said this, I think they're in the nine, ten win category. But I think in the AFC, ten's a guarantee <laughs> and nine is one. I mean, I, it's just different. Yeah. All right, so let's go to another wild card team. Uh, the number six seed. Who's it going to be in the AFC tomorrow's headlines today? All right, uh, I like this team a lot. They were very good last year, then tailed off because they had a massive injury. The headline will be pie a la modelle. OBJ, perfect topping for that Raven Craven. Baltimore <laughs> Ravens, listen, man, uh, some of these numbers were ridiculous last year. They were 8-4 and four before Lamar Jackson went down. Like, an offense was good, not great. Now they add an offensive-minded offensive coordinator in Munkin, who's very, very good. Um, some of these guys they've added, like Zay Flowers, should be should be a guy yeah. to pop. Odell, obviously. Uh, Mark Andrews, Bateman is back. Some of these prognosticators are saying uh, the Ravens offense could be top three in the league. Well, it will be one of the fastest. Yes. If Odell Beckham stays healthy... It's absolutely going to be one of the fastest three off at Yeah, yeah. Got Dobbins at running. They're going to be one of the best watches in the league. Now the question is, can they outscore everyone? Well, the defense is not very good. Can they stay healthy? Their eight best players, I think seven of them have injury history. Yeah, and their their best defensive player might be uh, after Humphrey. The line is like a linebacker, Roquan Smith. Like He's, overpaying for linebackers, we don't really believe in that pass rush anemic. I can't wait to watch Odell and. I mean, I think they're going to be a fascinating yeah. watch. I've wavered on Baltimore. I thought no play. And you start to look into some of the numbers and like, okay, all right. So Baltimore, six. Now the coveted seventh spot, Colin. Now this. Oh, this is tough. Now, now, let's just talk about this for a second. So I, I, I think Miami, Miami's the hardest team in the league for me to pick. Because if Tua starts 16 games they're in, he could start eight. Because once he gets hurt, if it's a concussion, they will pull him. There's going to be too much media speculation. So he could have a shoulder issue, but if he has a concussion issue, at any point, they're shutting him down for like six weeks. Mike White's fine. You're not winning those games. So I'm, I'm a Miami guy somewhere in this mix. Now, obviously, Chargers still alive. Broncos. Okay. Yeah. Hey, well, tomorrow's headlines today. The seventh and final oh, seed in the AFC. I lost sleep over this last night. Uh, I had to, you know, think about it deep and hard, but I have pumped up this team a lot. I hyped them last week, filling in for you on the herd. The headline will be no more pit stains. Steelers, clean up act. Gimme Kenny Pickett going to the playoffs with the number seven seed. I like TJ Watt. I like this defense. I, I, I'm just telling you right now, I, one of my favorite bets week one, Steelers over the Niners. Yeah. Okay. And then I think they, the schedule kind of softens up after that. They can get hot early. I love Tomlin in the underdog role. And if you talk, uh, look at who's being talked about and hyped in the AFC. A lot of Dolphins. Okay. A lot of D- 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 Cleveland Browns. Man, they look good. Justin Herbert, Sean Payton. 
Not a lot of hype around the Steelers. I think that's perfect where Tomlin likes it. Uh, offense, very good. Offensive line improved. If you take their 10 best football players, dude, they are a top three, four. I mean, awesome they're right. Roster. They're not far from Philadelphia. If you gave, if you put Jalen Hurts on the Steelers, Kenny Pickett there, I think you'd look at it the same. They yeah. got like nine elite players. Very they're good a team. little weak at corner. Now, I already feel bad for my Chargers uh, buddies who are watching and are just despondent. Um, this sends them into a tailspin when you got to fire the coach and you got to start well, a new. What if, 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 if the Chargers win nine no, games? You, it, listen, you got to get to the playoffs, man. What are you talking about? They no. went to the playoffs, choked away a 27 nothing lead, I think it was, lose to the Jags. Well, you um, know who's going to get that offer. Well, I, I think they're going to have If Brandon Staley goes, they'll go offensive coach. You know who's going to get that offer. Well, I think they're going to want to go after Dable. Giants fans hate the idea That's of the coach being poked, poached. Who's uh, right around the corner? Is there a guy at Lincoln Riley at uh, USC? Yes. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, if Brandon Staley can't get him in, okay, right, and the USC drags its feet on its new facility, $300 million facility, I'm mm. not saying it's happening. I'm saying yeah. He'll get the first call. And now, just, the Spano's family has never paid big money for coaches. You got Justin Herbert. Uh, you got to pay, pay rookie contract. You got to pay fifteen million for Lincoln Riley. I don't think they will. So then the Denver Broncos, our guy Sean Payton. You know where, where are they on the list? Like, I, I like the team a lot, and then it leaves questions like if Payton doesn't love Russell Wilson in year one. I mean, <laughs> does he try to move off of him? Like, what's the market for Russ? I don't know. And then the Miami Dolphins. You know, I just, it, too much uncertainty. But I will say this. You, you mentioned it. That Dolphins roster is pretty sick. Oh, no, it's, it's. They got a lot of guys. A lot Pittsburgh of and Miami's rosters. If you have misgivings about the quarterback, I don't think either are A, but they're capable. Uh, Miami's roster, you, just, you look at Pittsburgh's roster. Pittsburgh's defensive roster is dudes everywhere. And by the way, Najee Harris, the tight end. Decent receivers. It's not like their offensive yeah. roster didn't have players, and too. And we didn't even talk about Cleveland. Listen, Stefanski is a mm. good coach. I know yeah. it was a little wonky with Deshaun mm. Watson, but a lot of uh, the analytics are saying, look at how Watson finished the season. Mm. Remember, yeah, he was suspended, put a lot of that stuff behind him. Uh, there's a world where Cleveland is great. And, and I, the AFC is as tough as I've ever seen it, honestly. 1 through 11 is stacked. Only weak teams are like... Colts. I mean, the Browns have a have Texans. a star quarterback, the best, arguably the best pass rusher in the game. Top three running back in Chubb. Top, top t- fifteen receiver. Top and five off- offensive line. And an offensive coach, and I have him fourth. <laughs> that tells you about the it's, AFC. It's they, really, really difficult. Yeah, they, they would be a division challenging, a division winning or challenging team in the NFC. And, you know, it's just it's just the way it goes. In college football, same thing. You could be the third or fourth place team in the SEC. LSU could finish third and could win most other conferences. We'll see or, with the expanded playoff what happens with the third third team in the SEC to get in. They might win the title. All right, J-Mac's in for me tomorrow. He's going to be awesome. He's already, I mean, he hid most of the good stuff today. He buried it. Stop it. He's got like nine leads tomorrow. First things first, around the corner, live in Los Angeles, The Herd. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 